0: You're listening to the Windsight Podcast Network. What should your restaurant promote in the coming months? Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business. And in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with David Maloney, a commodities expert on projections for commodity costs in the coming months. Think more chicken sandwiches and fewer burgers. Beef costs are going up and will likely stay there for a while. David talks about why that is and how long it could take before those costs start coming down. Think more along the lines of years and not months. We also talk extensively about chicken prices and why those costs are so cheap, particularly le- relative to other commodities. And we talk about other commodities such as pork belly, grain prices, and my favorite, cheese. We're talking food costs and a deeper dive, so please have a listen. All right, we are here with David Maloney. David, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Jonathan. All right, David, what you been up to lately? So I started my company, Datum FS, uh, roughly a year ago. Uh, Commodity analytics, forecasts, but also supply chain consulting for the industry. Uh, You know, my passions, as you know, we've known each other a long time.
0: Mm -hmm. so uh let's uh chat about commodities because um i hear a lot of different things i'm going to start off with chicken Mm -hmm. because uh you just wrote about that not too long ago what's going on in the chicken markets right now
1: well uh the chicken markets are down pretty hard from last year you know i like as you know i like to say the cure for high prices is always high prices right (laughs) uh and um uh, but we've seen them start to, to find some support as of late, and, and one of the you know, producers have uh, certainly pulled back on production domestically a little bit uh, due to poor margins. But you know, you're also seeing um, competition with, with beef. I mean, beef prices are, are, are very expensive. I'm sure we'll talk about that more in a minute, but, but chicken is at some of its best values, at least at the wholesale level, compared to beef that we've seen ever to be honest with you. So, uh, and that's a story that will continue probably for at least the next 18 months to two years. So a lot of opportunities with chicken here going forward, I believe.
0: Yeah. What pushed down, uh, what pushed down chicken prices like that? Because it's, I mean, you know, I mean, chicken is pretty high demand item right now. One would think at least that would provide some, some strength in price. What's, what, what happened?
1: Well, you know, first you have, you have know, the high prices, which you always get high prices, discourage consumption, encourage production. Right. And so uh, we certainly saw that encouragement of production and some discouragement of consumption. Right. And so, you know, prices were, were yeah, quite honestly, they were too high last year. Right. They really were. And so, um, you know, and now, due to high feed costs i mean margins are pretty tough for the producers and have been for several months and you know just like the high for cure prices is always high prices the cure for low prices is always low prices all right and you're starting to see that discourage production and like i said the value in in chicken to beef is is pretty much unprecedented right now so um you're starting to see it strengthen
0: Mm-hmm. So before we, a- I ask you about beef. I always got to ask about chicken wings because that's my favorite commodity. Always mm-hmm. my favorite commodity, mm-hmm. going back for for ages. Just because it just seems to act on its own, yep. Just uh, and weird. It doesn't even. It, it and correct me if I am wrong, but it doesn't always fo- like you would think it would follow chicken, right? Like if if like chicken breast increased, you would think that chicken wings would just go
1: crazy, and that doesn't seem to always be the case. Where are chicken wings at right now? Chicken wing prices are very inexpensive historically. You know, just just north of a dollar a pound, but but you're already starting to see some promotion activity on chicken wings occur and boneless wings for that matter, because chicken breasts are relatively inexpensive too. Um, you know, uh, I think that the chicken wing prices we've experienced now, and you know, we're up about twenty percent in the last two months, but we're still historically very inexpensive. These could be some of the least expensive chicken wing prices we see for the next year or two. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. Again, right. the value compared to, to beef, right? Like, and I like, to, I'm with you. I love chicken wings, right? Mm-hmm. Chicken wings are a very celebratory item, food item, right? They're fun. My kids love them, right? Um, you know, I think they're prime to be uh, heavily promoted here especially in the food service industry over the next uh probably at least the next six months
0: really yeah yeah i yeah. mean we're getting into chicken wing season yep um and uh so um but but there's still so it's it's it's, it's interesting because we're you're probably gonna see like an increase in chicken wing prices over the next few months leading up to the super Bowl which is totally seasonal but a dollar over just over a dollar a pound I can't remember the last time it was actually.
1: Yeah, it's been a little while. It's been a little while. I mean, we were north of $2 a pound last year. So um, mm. certainly an a historic value. And, and, you know, when you, we'll talk about beef in a second, when you look at chicken breasts and chicken wings compared to hamburgers, uh, I mean, you're talking about a wholesale price difference of a pound well north of a dollar a pound. really, And that is really historically high. Right. And so, there's a lot of incentives to, to feature chicken wings, chicken breasts, not as much tenders, but uh, but still incentives there for tenders as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would some, imagine that some of these chains, particularly these chicken wing chains, you know, I mean, chicken wing chains like Wingstop should be pretty in pretty decent shape from a profitability standpoint, given the fact that they've raised prices so much over the years. That, um, you know, that when you see costs go to that extent, that's, you know, got to be pretty nice for them from a
1: profitability standpoint. Yeah, it certainly helps. But, you know, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, over the last two years, I I became an operator. I own a restaurant in Sarasota. uh, Um, And it's not, as every operator will tell you, it's nice to have those commodity costs coming down, but the labor costs are not. They're still going up, right? And mm -hmm. so it's still tough, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of restaurant did? When did you become an operator? I didn't know this.
1: Uh so almost two years ago, I own a restaurant uh, downtown Sarasota. has Been here for thirty years. Coffee shop, bakery, uh, kind of iconic brand, uh, right on Main Street. Sixty seats outside, called Pastry Art Cafe. So, okay. bakery, coffee shop, etc. It's, it's fun. I don't, you know, I'm. We're the principal investors. We don't really operate it. But, uh, okay. We certainly watch. Watch form budgets and watch where the money goes. All
0: right. So you decided, uh, what made you decide to make that leap?
1: Well, um, you know, I had left my, my the prior company and, um, uh, quite honestly, my wife and I love where we live in Sarasota, Florida, and was being presented with some opportunities outside Sarasota that maybe scared us a little bit. <laughs> so we thought about buying a business in town. would kind of anchor us here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, may not have been the, most, the best financial decision I ever made in my life, Jonathan, but, but uh, uh, actually it's been a lot of fun. We do some cool things for the community. We're really a community haven. We do a lot of work with addiction recovery, a lot of work with the homeless um, mm-hmm. in downtown Sarasota. So it's, it's really good personally for me and my family. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Restaurants are fun business. At the end of the day, yeah. that's what this yeah. is about. It's yeah. always about fun. Like even if you're just you just you're starving and you need to head to McDonald's on your way home from work. I mean, that's just that there's that little bit of somebody's doing the work of making your dinner for you. And so there's always a little bit of, you know, a a fun. It just makes this 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 business. It's it's a fun business. Yeah. Period. That's uh, what's so
1: great about it. I mean, the 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 most one of the most intimate, holiest things we do as society is to eat together. Right. Mm -hmm. To participate in that we view it as an honor, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a great business. All right, let's talk beef. Uh, yeah. because That's, uh, what's going on?
1: Well, uh, we had, the cattle supply is declining. Uh, it's mm. declined for four straight years. Uh, the principal drivers of that have been uh, drought in the Southern Plains. So you think Texas, Oklahoma, et cetera. Um, you know, when you have drought it's very hard to build the herd because you just don't have the grass to feed them. Right. you can, yes, you can supplement with hay, but if you can't grow grass, pretty much can't grow hay. Right. So it's tough. It becomes very expensive. And then you have inflated feed prices, which, which from the feedlots uh, can decrease demand for the, um, for the animals and, and uh, that kept prices artificially low. And lo and behold, you got poor margins. So, so they start decreasing the herd. So um, there is no indication, at least as of yet, that that herd decline has stopped. We did see pasture conditions improve during the spring, but the outlook, uh, it's starting to get dry again in Texas, and it's expected that drought's expected to expand over the next three months. So um, it's going to be at least a couple years before we start seeing improvements in beef production, and beef production is going to be low next year, really low. It's low this year, but it's going to be really low next year.
0: And to, so to explain, so like the beef is, you know, really has got a couple of year cycle. Yeah. I mean, so, um, so if you could explain for people why it could, so in other words, we're probably a couple of years into a high price beef environment. Yeah. Can you explain why that is?
1: Yeah. So, so even if they started building the herd today, mm-hmm. right. You know, by the time you, you make those decisions and, um, uh, you start retaining, even the short-term impact of building the herd is decreasing beef production because you start retaining more cows or more animals to breed. Does that make sense? As opposed to sending them to slaughter. So um, even if we did uh, start, even if we aren't building a herd right now, it's likely at least back half of 2025 before that, because of the site, by the time you grow the animals, send them to feedlots, et cetera, that's like a two-year cycle. Right. So, um, you know, it's more likely probably 2026, and, you know, beef production next year. I mean, current, current beef production estimates from the USDA have at the smallest level since 15 and the third smallest level since 05. But if you look at it per capita beef production in the United States, currently it's forecasted by the USDA to be the smallest since 1952. 1952. 1952. Which predates you and I, buddy. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit.
0: Um, so, so what does? I mean, I mean, so we're we're probably uh, we're probably in a, a pretty long run up for
1: prices here
0: for a while. Do we have any yeah. sense of how long that might take? Uh, uh,
1: you know, I mean, the cure for high prices is always high prices, and the idea again is to discourage consumption. It's going to be very hard. For it to encourage production in the short term right yeah so uh i i would say that beef prices are going to remain a problem for at least the next 18 to 24 months and it's probably closer to three three years wow yeah i mean the
0: problem with the problem with beef as you know better far better than i do the problem with beef unlike say chickens you know, like we have, I mean, we had, you know, you have high prices uh, in, you know, one month and then like in four months, you can recover very quickly. Um, you know, beef, it takes years. Uh, yeah. And you have to have, uh, you have to have, uh, it, I mean, it, it just takes years to rebuild the supply uh, of beef. Um, and so essentially when you're in a cycle like this, it takes, you know, it takes a while to, to rebuild it kind of, you know, I mean, to me, it's a, it's, It can be very frustrating when you get into environments like this because you're just going to have high beef prices for a while.
1: Yeah. Hmm. The good news for the industry is chicken is relatively inexpensive right now Mm. and provides a tremendous value. And that's why I'm I'm at least very bullish on consumption for chicken over the next two years, um, you know, which should be supportive of prices. I mean, um, you know, I mean, the two big ones for food service are beef and chicken and beef is – Extremely important, but, but, but and, you know, it's the beef is king, I like to say, but but chicken is extremely important and, and gaining in popularity, particularly for, you know, particularly for uh, for the younger folks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, chicken yeah. is, I mean, chicken is, you know, I mean, still the fastest grow I mean, it's still yep. a very fast growing commodity in the United States. It's increasingly popular on the chain front. I mean, you know, right now, I mean, the probably the if you start thinking of the hot, top performing restaurant chains, in the United States, you know, you know, the three of maybe five chains that you come up with right. are going to be chicken chains. One of them is going to be Raising Cane's, which is the best performing chain on a square foot level in the United States. The large chain anyway, Uh Chick-fil-A, which is the best purse store. And then yeah. you've got Wingstop, which, by the way, just happens to kill it on a regular basis (laughs) um we never talk about wingstop nearly enough um uh you know and and uh and most i mean uh, most large burger chains could probably shift to chicken and we already hear that from you know i mean burger king and mcdonald's talk about it all the time um by the way burger king coming out with new chicken uh wrap sandwiches this week so yeah i mean it probably makes a lot of sense to go uh shift to uh to chicken for sure over the next couple of years yeah um that's what consumers want anyway so now i also read uh something you read on pork belly yeah um so in other words your bacon is going to be more expensive too yeah what's going on with pork belly
1: well yeah i mean this has been a pretty quick run-up and, and commodities that typically that go up fast have a tendency to come down fast so we'll say that but, you know pork bellies have gone from like 80 pork bellies is uh, the primal from which you make bacon from and uh, pork bellies have gone from like 80 cents a pound to north of two dollars a pound over the last six eight weeks or so part of this is what's going on with prop 12 in california uh as far as limiting um the regulations around hog production and what kind of pork they can sell there there was some confusion around that there's been some dates and there's still some confusion around it but there's Um, there was some relaxation of dates, which encouraged some, um, let's just say production and inventory building. Okay. In, in California. So I think that's part of the surge, but again, I mean, the cure for low prices is always low prices and you're starting to see, you're starting to see retail feature activity jump quite a bit on bacon. And, um, you know, um, I don't expect that to stay up at these levels for a long time. Uh, I think we will moderate uh, those price levels and, and bacon will be more expensive next year than it was this year, but there's no indication that, that bacon prices are going to uh, run away from us for an extended period of time, at least not yet. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, do, cause there is a lot on the, on the port front uh, with, with regards to, I mean, I think there's a couple of States that are looking at, uh, rules on, on gestation crates and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of talk about the potential impact that that can have on pork prices. Does that stand to have a significant impact on pork prices going forward? If assuming we see more States adopt. Well,
1: I I think that it has a significant impact in those States, Mm -hmm. uh, at the wholesale level, because, um, it, it, it and I, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it, it is, it just makes production more challenging for producers, yeah. right? And in some cases, those producers are likely to limit their production there or limit their supplies there. So mm-hmm. I think, particularly in those states, it could be problematic where potentially it could benefit costs in other states. That makes sense.
0: Really, so it could drive actually lower
1: costs in some states. I, I think that that um, the, the product will will go and be produced where it is most behooves the margins involved for all parties. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. All right.
0: All right. So um, we've had a pretty. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but it's been hot out this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we some of the some of the temperatures seem insane. Any impact is that having any sort of impact on any 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 commodities going forward? Any concern there?
1: Yeah, so yeah, you know, I mean the grain crops are certainly have been a challenge. And this is a big year for grains and it's something that, that everybody should be watching very closely right now. Um, you know, we we've had inflated grain prices and that's important because grains or feed are, are your one of your principal costs for the major exposures for the restaurant industry, which are protein and dairy. And, um, you know, um, we went into these these this, this crop year very optimistic about how it was going to be, uh, how what yields were going to be, et cetera, for no other reason than we're due, right? We're due. Uh, and the El Nino uh, setting in typically is a little bit more favorable for weather. Uh, we had an extremely dry, hot spring. Uh, Some of the smallest rainfall in many of the major states in the Midwest that we've seen. It's since improved, but, you know, crop ratings are solidly. So the USDA comes out with crop ratings uh, every Monday. And um, they rate it in five categories. And typically I pay attention to what's in good to excellent condition. Uh, But, you know, crop ratings in good to excellent condition are tracking in the, uh, for corn and soybeans, are tracking in the 50s. Uh, so 50%-ish, 55%-ish, right? is rated good in extra condition. Five-year averages for this time of the year is up in the low sixties. So we're still subpar. And that, that five-year average isn't a very good number because we've had some challenges the last five years. So I'm not, I'm not comfortable yet with these crops. Although the markets have come off, uh, quite a bit over the last eight weeks or so, I'm not comfortable yet. Uh, and it will be important to monitor for sure. Uh, as we try to get into this harvest uh and uh, late this month and into september october
0: right so we have to have in other words so the weather because the weather like i live in minnesota and we definitely had a dry spring my goodness but you know the summer has been you know much better from that particular standpoint good and oh yeah 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 we've gotten some rain my grass looks decent um good. but uh you know so that's how i judge i don't farm anything but um uh you know, so in other words, if we if we continue to have, you know, uh, you know, more more rainfall, that should, you know, that should continue to improve those markets.
1: Right. Yeah, it should. It, it should. Right. It should. Right. But 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 we, we have to get it. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And, and the baseline right now isn't very good. Yeah. Right. OK. So. Um, all right. Any other
0: commodities that we should be or any or worth talking about?
1: Well, I think you got a monitor cheese. You know, particularly for your pizza chains out there, right? You know, cheese prices have jumped quite a bit as of late. You know, uh, the, the, the herd is is starting to decline again. And, and part of that is due to inflated cow prices due to, due to what's going on in the cattle herd. Uh, so cheese is going to be important to watch. I mean, milk no production gains it could be tempered next year. And so that could be supportive of cheese at times fry oil, soybean oil, vegetable oils uh, going into just because of the soybean situation and, um, you know, what, what's going into salad dressings, fry oils, etc. I mean, that's going to be important. That's going to be important to monitor. And, you know, we have, I mean, but the grains, the grains will be key. How we finish, how we finish this year, and then you're going to have this this underpinning you know issue of, of ukraine russia that doesn't seem like it's going to be solved anytime soon so that that's, that's that will be extremely important hasn't the market adjusted to that yet?
0: or or i mean it's been for a while a
1: yeah i mean it has but it's expensive mm-hmm. right and so even though i say you know to give some perspective even though corn prices have come off quite a bit you know they've they've come off from the mid- Six is, uh, you know, so to a bushel. So, you know, let's call it six fifty-ish a bushel down to five twenty a bushel. You know, probably a uh, a normal level for corn is closer to four dollars a bushel, right? Maybe even sub a little bit of that. Right. So uh, we're still historically inflated. Yeah. All
0: right. Cool. So this was so I, I, actually one. So if if I have one conclusion yes. from this entire conversation, it's less uh, bacon cheeseburgers and more chicken sandwiches on your menu.
1: I think that's a great assumption.
0: Got it. All right, sir. This was fantastic. Yes. Really appreciate you joining me on the podcast.
1: Always a pleasure, Jonathan. Thanks for having me.
0: And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Kimmy Kaczmarek, artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this on other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com, backslash article, backslash deeper-dive. And you may also find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your fancy listening shows. I'm Jonathan Mays, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening.